Please join me. Please join me for a word of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm not sure if we should anoint Stuart the lector for every Sunday or how that works, but how you roll your R's, my friend, is amazing. I love that. It's amazing to hear love uh, with a different accent and a different blend on it. There's something about that word, about love, about saying it, about hearing it especially. I love you. You are loved. Something that warms the heart, draws us close to one another, leads us into a a, a less of an intellectualized understanding of self and relationships and, and this marvelous sense of warmth. I know I'm loved, right? I know it, but, but to know that you're loved and to be loved, maybe two, two different things. We're coming in or, or maybe even in the middle of the season of weddings, and uh, I had one two weeks ago, and it was love, 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 love. I've got one another week and a half, and it's love, 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 love. And, and we read 1 Corinthians 13. I really like that. I might bring Stuart with me to the wedding, but I, I like that. And what I get to see that you don't get to see is the love in the eye of the bride and groom. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. And then when you get to the end of that little piece, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. It's like lights go on in their eyes. So too, in that wedding setting, when you read this, you see people who've been married for a little while, maybe five to 10 years, or or in a a, a marvelous relationship with their boyfriend or girlfriend, and and they just kind of lean closer into one another. They kind of attach to one another a little bit more warmly, and they go back in time, maybe to their wedding or when they first got engaged or whatnot, and and think of how the love has grown. And then there's older people grandmas and grandpas. (laughs) And we know what love is for a lot of years and a long time. We know the infatuation of dating love and kind of the spark of that and how that kind of gets you going and you work up your nerve to ask her out. She says, no, and no, and no. And then finally she says, all right. You remember when that love began to be enkindled and you remember the difficult times with the person you love. Remember going through those times when the marriage didn't seem so warm and the closeness didn't seem to be there, but the love never wavered. As a matter of fact, in the the, the years of life that you shared, love got both deeper and wider, richer, as you think and meditate on how you're connected in love and what love is and the value that love adds to your heart and the connection that comes person to person when we are in those loving relationships and we are in the most excellent way, Paul calls this, the most excellent way. The last verse in 1 Corinthians 12, and now I will show you the most excellent way. Not a good way, but an excellent way. The most excellent way. The best way to live. The best way to be connected. The best way to be together is in the way of love. I had an encounter with a, with, with a person from church, and she was so sweet, and, and we started talking, and I said, can I pray? 
And she smiled and she said, you know, Pastor, I learned something from you. And that's always a little dangerous when they say, well, you know, what'd you learn from me? I had a gentleman with a, with a Green Bay Packer tie on on 8 o'clock and he goes, at communion, he goes, how do you like my tie? Goes, yeah, you know, you worry about what people learn or take from you, but it was just interesting. And she says, Pastor, when we did our, our uh, sermon series on not being nervous, I memorized Philippians chapter 4 with you. And then she cranked it out. Be anxious for nothing but in all things with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. I think that's significant. I think it's important to have those scriptures that we reach back and we say, I've got this one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. There are those marvelous pieces of Scripture that speak right into faith and life right now. And if you have your bulletins open, I'd ask you to look with me at 1 Corinthians 13. And we're going to read together verses uh, 1 through 7 and then that little bit of 8. And we're going to start thinking about memorizing this so that when you tell your spouse you love your spouse, what goes through your mind is... The greatest of these is love. Please join me. We're going to start at verse, uh, chapter 1, verse, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, and we're going to read, if I speak in the tongues of men, and we're going to finish at, love never fails. We read together? If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never fails. And that's the most excellent way. There are different ways that you can choose to live your life and different things that you can choose to make your value system. But the one that is the most excellent way is the one of love. Because love makes you strong and weak at the same time. Love makes you vulnerable and defenseless, but resilient and powerful at the same time. At a time when life is difficult and complicated and challenging. It's the love of God and the love of the people around you that say, you're going to be okay. You're dialed into something bigger than yourself. Take a deep breath, big guy. You are loved. Corinth must have been a great place to live because a lot of people lived there. It just seems that it was kind of the Orange County of Macedonia. It, it just seems like it would have been a great, great place to live. I, I do. I think of Corinth as being like Orange County 
You could choose a way of living that worked for you, as people in Orange County can do. In Corinth, you could choose the way of consumption, the way of economics, because Corinth was a town that had some dollars and some commerce and some trade. It was a great place to live because goods went up through uh, Corinth and then up into the continent of Europe. It was just a great place to live. It had sunshine and happiness. It had a beach. It's a lot like Orange County. It had spirituality. It had a temple for this God and a temple for that God. And you could be a very spiritual person in Corinth. You could kind of make your life work by saying how spiritual I am and the zeal I have for my faith and all of, all of those things. But Paul, in that context, and us in ours, gives us a little mathematic for some of you engineers and computer programmers to think about today. And that's this mathematics that comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 12. Everything minus love equals nothing. Everything minus love equals nothing. The greatest evangelist in the history of the world said it. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels and don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all the way up, all I possess, if I give up my body, if I'm burned to the flames, if I give it all away but I don't love, then I have nothing. Because that's what the excellent way is all about. It's about sacrificing and giving. And seeing a blessing and a benefit in that sacrifice and giving for the sake of others. Knowing that when you love and are loved in return. That the account is squared plus. Everything. Minus love equals nothing. The way of economics has its weakness. The way of empty spirituality is, well, empty. And the way of just living in the sunshine and having a fun life kind of runs out of steam as well. But there is the way of love that is the excellent way that allows us meaning and purpose in what we do and who we are. I love when Paul writes, love is not angry. It's just the antithesis of anger. Anger says, you wronged me, you did this, you took it out on me, you smoked me, and I'll show you. Anger says, I'm going to make you hurt the way I hurt. Every so often, there's an angry person who kind of works their way through St. John's community, and they drop anger bombs in the community. And it's just like, dude, you can't do that. You can't just go and light into somebody. You can't just smoke somebody because it makes you feel better and not as angry. How about if you calm down? How about you replaced anger with love, and you weren't so defensive about your place in the community as you were concerned about another person's place in the community. And you replace the fire of anger with the soothing, cool breeze of love. The one who paved the way for love, obviously, his spirit resides with us this morning. The love that one man had for so many, the, the way of love paved by a single man, 
he showed his love for his father by loving lonely people. When that man came into town, he wouldn't necessarily go to the burgeoning places of commerce. He would go to a well where a lady was by herself, a lady who had been divorced and neglected and stigmatized and left alone. And, and that man would come and sit and say, you know what? I love you. And I'm going to demonstrate love for you by listening to you and just hanging out on a hot day and sharing a little cool glass of water from the bottom of this well. And I know you're lonely and I know you're tired and I know you feel alone, but I want you to know this, that this rabbi, this man, this Jewish person, he loves you. And when she went back and told the whole community of this man, they rushed out to see who he was and what he was all about, finding out that he was all about love. This man had 12 guys that followed him around, 12 boys, 12 teenagers. You know how the guys are. They talk about this, they talk about that, explain this, explain that. They would ask questions that they already knew the answer to. Questions would allow him to be pedantic and say, eh, don't you know, don't you get, don't you understand? And yet this rabbi never fired back at them with the loveless words. He came right back to them with love. And after following him for three years, the trajectory of their lives was changed, not by the forcefulness of his words, but by the love in his heart, in the highs and the lows, in the going into town, being acclaimed as king of kings and being ushered out of town as a, one who would lead an insurrection. This man loved those disciples. They walked with him, not because they had to or feared him, but because he loved them. And when he was confronted by sickness and disability, People put right in his path because they knew that he loved people. He would heal and encourage. He would love in a way that, 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 that transformed a, a whole community or, or a whole life or a whole family or a whole family system. He would bring healing to a man born blind in a way that changed his whole family dynamic, in a way that moved from judgment to love because that's what that rabbi did and what he was all about. When people came to him to argue with him and fight with him, he didn't match him with anger. He matched him with love. They said, you're a great rabbi. You're a great teacher. We think you're awesome. How would you encapsulate your ministry, your teaching in just a couple of words? And the rabbi said, love God and love people. Love God and love people. Everything else is to be figured out later. You love God and you love people and, and you'll be just fine. And finally, when that one who paved the road of love died, he didn't issue venom from his mouth. Even in death, he showed great love. He said to those who would kill him, Father, forgive them. He said to a repentant thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. He said to his mother, behold your son. And to his disciple, behold your mom, taking care of his mom and, and the disciple. 
he loved to the very end. And then he cried out to his father and said, it is finished. And in that, he poured out himself for you and me. How do you know that you are loved of God? I am loved of God because Christ sacrificed all for me. And the seal of his love is that seal of the cross. That Jesus, he loves you. You are loved. And that's the message. It's just that easy. You are loved in the most excellent way. And this summer, we're going to work through what this means and how it works, stories. But today is simple. You are loved. And you are on the most excellent way that there could possibly be for you and me and everyone else. You are loved. When you love people, it's hard to say goodbye. This morning, we get to say goodbye to Randy and Karen Einem. I remember distinctly as I was kind of putting these last words together yesterday, I remember distinctly the call meeting where the 12 of us sat and they said, we're calling Randy. And they looked at me and they said, what do you think? And I said, well, call the other guy. And they said, car, calling Randy. You, Pastor Hush, we're calling Randy. And a job opened up, a, a ministry position for his dear wife, Karen. And, and God showed love to St. John's by drawing Randy and Karen Einem into our community here. And if we learned anything from Randy and Karen, we learned about their great love for God, the love and the dedication to the task that they showed is amazing. We also found their great love for family. I remember when Tracy was pregnant and Brookie was born and Randy would stop with the phone and say, look at this picture, look at this video, look at this picture. And then her hair got big and tall on top and it just, and you could see the warmth and the joy and the love for family. And you could see the great love that Randy and Karen had for the church. And not just the church in Orange, California, not just us, but the church of Jesus Christ. Randy tells stories about his father who was a pastor and growing up in kind of a hard area of Milwaukee and what that was like. He'll tell stories about serving in Florida and Fort Wayne and Wisconsin and Texas and Southern California. At each stop, how it was different, how God blessed him to have people to love and to be able to reach out in Christian love. Very seldom would Randy, if, if ever, I couldn't even think of one time where he would reply with a with a, a, an angry outburst, but typically with a calm, measured, loving response. Those of us who know the story, the ins and outs of St. John's, we got to shake hands with Fred Whitaker this morning. We remember some of the darker days at St. John's. We had a whole group of people who said, we're pulling our kids out of your school, 37 of them. And our enrollment was struggling, and our morale was struggling, and God brought... Randy and Karen, to help turn that around with love and grace and kindness, having to make very tough decisions and very tough calls. They helped to lead a team and restore morale and people and build a faculty and a staff that has allowed us to be not only the biggest, but I think the finest Lutheran Church, Missouri, Synod School in the nation. 
And then Randy has provided leadership and love for our whole team and staff. Whether you're able to work with him as I have been or able to work on his team and receive direction from him, he comes with grace and kindness. He loves to connect people to God's word. He's really good at that. Whether it's a devotion from something he's been reading or leading a life group or, or simply saying, hey, I read this, check this out, what do you think? There's a richness and a depth to his character because of love. And as we do in the church, we find someone who does something good at one thing and we move, into, move them into something the harder and more difficult. The sanctuary which we're in this morning, it just wouldn't be the same without Randy. When he picked up this project, it was on its way into nowhere land. The loan had not been drafted and taken care of by LCEF. We had to call in favors and get that all squared away and all that stuff good to go. We knew that we were unable to be out of our, out of our sanctuary for any more than seven, eight, ten months, whatever we were. And Randy held the architect and the engineers and the contractors, held their feet to the fire so that what we had was on time, on budget, and exactly what you have before you here this morning. Not because he got paid extra, but because he loves the Lord and loves the church. From there, he went to share that love with building facilities and, and making sure our facilities was excellent. Putting in process and procedure, which church workers typically don't like. We're a little bit of hippies like that. So when he puts in process and procedure, he kind of gets chewed on. But he does it because he loves the church, loves the Lord. You sit this morning in a sanctuary that's secure. And at our voters meeting, we talked about the number and layers of security in our congregation. We have Randy and his tenacity and his love for people and love for the church to thank, to thank for that. My list yesterday went a page and a half. The best thing about Randy Einem is his character and his love. And because we love, it's hard to say goodbye. But we don't depart from the excellent way. We continue to move down that excellent way and that pathway of love together. Let me show you, Paul writes, the most excellent way. So as we bid farewell and Godspeed to Randy and Karen, we do so having been enriched with their love and, in, and sending them also with our love and the love of the Lord in their hearts as well. Let me show you the most excellent way. Amen.